There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is September 20th, 2021. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. I'm sitting across from Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss. Jackson, what's the word? What up? What up? I feel awful. Mm. I don't know what's going on. It sucks. That Sore throat, sucks. but I didn't want to. I took the day off. On uh, Friday, yeah. today's a Monday, mm. and that seemed to cause in a corner of the listenership a crisis, and the last thing I wanted to do was take a sick day today, so yeah, I was like, I barring any, any kind of issue, uh, I actually track how many days... Here's the, have you ever seen the health chart? No. Wow. Yeah. Thorough. Scary. Honestly, you have to be like, oh, this guy's a little more fucked up than I thought. It's, th it is thorough. And isn't it scary? Long. Yeah. yeah. Oh, scary. You haven't even, hey, by the way, look, it still goes on. over. Oh, wow. Yeah. Horizontally. Yeah. 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 Doesn't deep. Even, <laughs> it's deep. Yep, yep. Deep. Deep. I'm in deep. Yeah. All right. So like apparently... Again, depends on your perspective. It's, it's where you are in our audiences. There's there's yeah, different... Factions. <laughs> there are factions. I took no days off and not one. In uh, January, took one day off. It was February 19th, 2021. So this is for the running tabs of my Glenn Closes. Mm -hmm. uh, none in March. Mm -hmm. None in April. None in May. So through May, I've taken one day off. Yep. One on June seventeenth, two thousand twenty-one. So, uh, I believe, if memory serves, I get six weeks vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, I apologize if that upsets you, um, but that's what uh, was agreed upon. And uh, so, at that point, so that's thirty days. I've taken two of thirty uh, the days that I'm allocated through the first half of the year. Let's see, July, uh, I went to Hilton Head with my family. That was five days off, the twelfth through the sixteenth. Then I had my wisdom teeth yanked in an emergency surgery that I still, all right, it's the 20th. That took place on July 21st. I still feel it. Oh, that's brutal. That's why you got to get those things pulled, man, so you're yeah. not in my spot. Yeah. Um, so those were three sick days. And then an off day on August 13th, two sick days when I had a wisdom tooth infection nearly a month later on August 16th, August 17th. And then an off day on September 17th. And I had a sick day on September 9th. So I have taken, is that a grand total of nine of my 30? I think it is. Anyway, point being is this. I recognize that usually over the last month and a half with Doug being out that we're playing, we lack our usual depth. Mm -hmm, certainly. And so I didn't want to put, but when I was texting you and Iggy last night, I'm like, I feel awful. I actually feel awful right now. Worse than I did when I was out on September 9th, but we had a remote on September 9th and I didn't want to bring 
yeah. you know, no. however many people into contact. For sure. So, still don't feel great, but it's a sore throat, and I don't have a fever, and whatever. So, my point being, I don't think it's a uh, COVID situation. Um, so, that's that's the that's the background. But I really don't feel good. And I think what happens is my son goes to school, mm-hmm. and then I think this is what's going to happen. And I think a lot of parents can relate to that. They get They just pick up and pass along all kinds of little... Uh, pathogens and such that's right pathogens right. if adderall sessions is already bu- booked we can call this pathogens and such <laughs> yeah. which would be a joke to like essentially me and you kind <laughs> of like when i tweeted out an hour and a half ago please book me as a hooker for two hours thank you <laughs> and you i know like for a number of people recently i've become like the rams lawsuit guy yeah and they're not familiar with me otherwise yeah and so to see this, I would imagine a lot of people are like, oh, fuck, he got hacked. That's what I bet people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. If they don't listen to the radio show or the podcast, they have no idea how big of a you know, pervert I am. <laughs> and just like, yeah, yeah but that's, that's at the top. I should make that my pinned yeah, tweet. Yeah, you got to pin that. And keep Please it there book forever. me as a hooker for two hours. Thank you. <laughs> Deke uh, Dotham said, how many followers <laughs> per hour? So let me douse your chest in vegetable broth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yep, that's good stuff. That yeah, no, no, I'm really proud of it. I I worked on that material for a while. So radio hygiene, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, really really quality stuff. You can always email in T McKernan at InsideSTL.com for uh, QFTA. Your questions, your comments, erotic stories. I think for every time I ask for one, I think we get one one out of ten asks. I think that's the approximate ratio. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just aren't banging. Or maybe people just keep their sex lives to themselves. Maybe that's uh-huh. actually the more more likely scenario. Um, you can also uh, email and takes uh, personal attacks. Yeah, uh, I know people email and text Jay questions about the radio show, but they don't ask me. So I said, hey, you can send them to Jay, and then he can pass them along to me. Uh, I'm happy to do that. Whatever. T McKernan and InsideSTL.com. I like that. What winds up happening is people just kind of have thoughts, and then they email them. So they come in throughout the course of the week. And we have a, uh, a variety here today. The podcast is presented to you. First off, sound story. Uh, starting to approach. I mean, I don't, I don't like saying it because it kind of puts me in a uh, in a bad place. But well, I like the holidays. Now that I have a child, I like the holidays. But uh, I don't like the weather. Mm-hmm. But either way, as you start thinking, and now people start thinking about in October, gifts, sound story is the play. My sound story Dot com, or you can just email me, tmckernan at InsideSTL.com. We can do them in person. So uh, if you want them done in person, we can do them in person. I think a great gift for parents for Christmas, the holidays, whatever one is celebrating, um, Pagan fist Festival of Winter, mm-hmm. uh, is um, you and your siblings get together and you come in and tell stories about your childhood for your parents. That's what me and my brother uh, and sister did two years ago. Uh, and I'm happy to uh, facilitate that. And it can be me, it can be Doug, whatever the case might be. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Or you just want to get your parents' story told. And maybe that's a gift for you to your kids or your grandparents. Get it done, man. I uh, big time recommend it. And I love doing it. We have one coming up, what, Thursday? Right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Thursday. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. MySoundStory.com. Um, also, Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Rates are closing in the twos. I've got something in the low threes because I refinanced in April of 2020. And I'm like, I got to refinance again. You got to take advantage of it because it truly is just throwing money away with interest. Uh, the home loan expert.com, Ryan Kelly, and you can get pre-approved. 
get pre-approved in a competitive home buying market, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. That's Ryan Kelly, the best in the business, training yet again for another attempt to uh, climb mountains to raise money for charity. He's just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Also, if you get a home, or if you're in a home, what does it matter? James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. You need that home insured with James Carlton. He is online at 314-961-4800 at carltoninsurance.net in Webster Groves. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is a good man with a great business and a customer service staff that is second to none. If you are not happy with your insurance agent, or even if you are, I recommend giving James Carlton a chance. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Action Jackson, you work with him. Tell me about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. You know, I was thinking about it over the weekend. It, it for I, you know, sometimes, and I know plenty of listeners probably struggle with the same thing, is overthinking, uh, overanalyzing. And when you have someone so dependable and so easy to talk to like Mark Hanna, that takes away so much stress. You know, playing for the future can be very stressful, especially with, you know, what life can throw at you. Mark Hanna will set you up and prepare you for whatever happens. And that's really awesome because he's the best in the business. He loves talking with folks about money. He just loves talking to folks in general. And you can tell that the second you get on the phone with him. And so I really highly suggest Mark Hanna. He's got me thinking stress-free about my long-term plans, I suggest you could become stress-free by giving Mark Hanna a call. And if you don't, if you don't have someone, give him a call for sure. And if you do have someone, I consider making the switch. That's how good Mark Hanna is. There it is. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. Uh, or you can give him a call, 314-889-0503. Uh, all right, let's start it off. Uh, and this one literally came in at 10.05, and we're sitting here at 10.12. So I'm just going in most recent. That's why we never get to the ones that are like, because <laughs> I go most recent, but that's how my email stacked up. Hey, Tim, I have a theory on what you've noticed about St. Louis's quote-unquote success shaming. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. With a lot of big companies moving out of the area over the years via mergers, acquisitions are just plain moving, and a general lack of tourism there's not a lot of new money coming in. With that being the case, it seems there's a finite amount amount of wealth in the St. Louis area, and that's barely growing. So if you're in St. Louis and wealthy, there might be a perception that you must have inherited that money, not earned it, or taking a bigger piece of the small St. Louis money pie. If you're taking a bigger piece of that pie, then it must be out of someone else's pocket, like what you've said about the downtown bar scene where the landing business pivoted to Washington Avenue and then it pivoted to Ballpark Village. Same money being spent, just taking the business uh, of others in St. Louis. I know that's how business is, just in St. Louis with a more stagnant financial ceiling. Maybe that is where the success shaming is rooted. Curious what you think. That comes from Mike. All right, Action Jackson, because my throat hurts and because I wanted to stop talking for a moment, mm -hmm. I want to let you uh, give your thoughts here. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, the assumption of inherited money for anybody who has money in St. Louis Obviously, not everyone assumes that, but that's certainly uh, an assumption, especially from where I grew up. Where Really? Is that right? This is interesting to me. Well, yeah, because like he said... There's an assumption that it's inherited. Yeah, because especially like I, like in where I grew up, old money is prevalent. Therefore, if you're having money, it's inherited. And I get that. Uh, I don't really, I don't have any numbers about like, you know, how much new wealth could possibly even be in St. Louis. But I think that that's a pretty astute observation that new money is much more rare 
uh, in St. Louis than old money is. So that assumption is, uh, is true. And so I think that has a lot of validity, but you know, the, about the bars moving, that's just kind of how I guess the business worked out because a lot of people are going to Cardinal games and, you know, Washington Avenue is on the other side of downtown. So if you're going to put BPV up there, then you kind of already got that set up. Um, yeah, that's a, I, I think that's a very astute on the success shaming that uh, the assumption that the money is inherited. Uh, I think that's for a portion fairly, fairly tidy. See, I think, I think what I'm talking about and what this gentleman who is emailed in, uh, we're talking about two different things, although I like his theory mm-hmm. on potentially like hating on wealth mm-hmm. um, that I do think goes on for basically a portion of the community surrounding essentially Clayton, Ledoux, take whatever pick of places that are people have envy of those living in, but then will hate on them to cloud their envy. Um what I have been talking about with regards to, and I don't even know if, I, I actually think it's more ambition shaming than success shaming. Because for me, if, if you're going to, like, I, I like to joke about parties in the park. And I saw that St. Louis Instagram um, page uh, that, what is it, Starter Packs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is outstanding, by oh, the way. always fantastic. Um, I mean. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> spot on. Nice looking <laughs> here. Parties, parties in the park circa 2006 starter pack. And I mean, it was, it's just like, absolutely. I think it might've had the three series, you know, the enterprise leasing. I mean, it just was yeah. everything. It was like checking off the boxes. Almost makes me wonder if I know the people who are doing <laughs> it. Because, uh, Cause it's like our, our circle of friends, uh, humor. But with that, what we would make fun of is people who didn't have money acting like they had money which is, you know, however one would want to take that. So that's that observation that somebody's living in like a shithole, but they would get a car that they can't afford to flash for the purpose of getting laid. So I'm essentially now in the mode of explaining the material, albeit the material at this point is, you know, uh, old. Uh, But that is different than people catching shit for starting to do well when they didn't, when they came from like, you know, I don't know, from a non wealthy part of the area. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily about getting a nice car because most of the time in particular in St. Louis, I think for whatever reason, I don't know, we can delve into this because this is kind of a a branch off of the St. Louis money tree. I think getting a nice car in St. Louis is kind of frowned upon. Whereas getting a nice car in South Florida, you almost feel obligated to do it yeah. in certain areas or just in, and not even areas. I'm talking about business areas. I'm not talking about just because the areas are super small. They're basically strips of land before the Everglades. Um, so um, that is a, that's another conversation. I don't know what that's about, but I, but I certainly, you know, I'm aware of it at the very least. This is about ambition shaming. And that's more where I'm coming from. So therefore, ambition shaming, we're talking about people who don't necessarily come from money, which therefore would rule out the old money slash inherited money. Mm -hmm. But 
with that said, I like Mike's theory because if you only have essentially so much in the economic pie, uh, if somebody is taking more than if one is really concerned with it, um, then there is, then there can be hatred from it. But I'm coming from the ambition chain, and I don't know what that's about. Another thing, and this is this happens to be something within the last week. I was told this little anecdote. Um, a friend of mine, um, no longer lives here, is making ridiculous money. This isn't like a, by the way, this isn't a public figure or anything along those lines. But is making ridiculous money, ridiculous money. I, you know, I think if this person moved back to St. Louis would be one of, as far as non-inherited income, um, would, would probably be one of the wealthier people in the top 100 in the area. Um, and been talking with a friend of mine, cause I'm obviously know the person they go, yeah. And people still ask him when he's going to move back to St. Louis. <laughs> now that's a thing. That's a thing. Again, it kind of is off the, the, if this is like our little foibles uh, portion of the podcast, our own St. Louis-centric little foibles, uh, the thing is when somebody doesn't live here and they're living in take your pick of wherever, it doesn't have to be the obvious one of Chicago, um, oh, when are you going to move back? Yeah. And for the people who live in take your pick of wherever, it can either be a source of pride that they won't move back because then they feel like they they failed if they were in New York or Chicago. I've had that conversation with people who live in New York, or Chicago, uh, because you're obviously taking a chance with a higher cost of living there. And then they view coming back as a failure uh-huh. or they come back because then they're married. Now they have kids and the cost of living and or the landscape of Manhattan or certain areas of Chicago, not ideal for raising children. Uh, not necessarily from a crime standpoint, but just from the layout of the... Yeah, raising the, a kid in Manhattan is not the same. I mean, it's just... It's, it's difficult. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, so, um, you have that, but then there is this thing like everybody inevitably comes back. And, I, and listen, if you're listening to this and you have spent 10 years in St. Louis, there's a good chance you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I don't know what that... I don't know what that's about. I don't... I, I guess it could be just be based on recent history and that that's what usually will happen. Um, I don't know if, I don't know. I think that that's in a different branch of the tree, so to speak, but the ambition shaming thing, I still don't have a great gauge on that. I like the theory because it's something we've talked about on the podcast, Mike. I like the theory, but you're talking essentially about wealth and wealth being moved around with old money as opposed to, when somebody is in their twenties and then they start to do well. Mm -hmm. But again, somebody in their twenties who starts to do well, if they're going to continue to do well, usually certainly exceptions, uh, and not just like have a great, you know, few years. Most of the time they're astute enough that they hire a financial advisor and the financial advisor will caution them, especially around here to not be ostentatious with a car. Yeah. Which otherwise, how would you know if somebody is really, you know, trying to flash? Because, you know, like I said, the, in in my experience around here, although I don't think this is limited to around here, it's, it's in general. Old money, real money doesn't want you to know that they have it. New money, for whatever reason, probably because they aren't used to having it, mm-hmm. wants you to know that they have it. And I'm for not sure. saying one's right or wrong. I'm just kind of laying out the landscape of the whole thing. But, and that's, that's, that is a whatever deal, 
What I'm confused about is why somebody, when it doesn't impact one, it's kind of like, okay, my neighbors are gay. Well, who the hell cares? You know, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be hit on or something, yeah. you know, I mean, who the hell cares? What does it matter? So if somebody is out there and they are trying to do this or that, whether it's starting a business or they're really wanting a promotion or be a partner or somewhere, whatever. And then you're hating on them. Like, why would you, like, how does it affect you? Like, who do you, why do you fucking care? Yeah. But I just know it exists and people know it exists, but I still haven't really gotten to the root of why it exists. Uh, all right. Next question. Tim, it'd be interested in your thoughts on the impact that legalized sports betting is slash will have on the sports landscape. I am in Indianapolis and the sheer number of billboards and ads on TV and radio for various sports book sites is amazing. When and if Missouri gets on board with legalization, do you see a shift and what local sports broadcasting and radio looks like. Do you see any impact on certain sports popularity based on gambling concepts and gambling interests? Thanks. That's from Mark T. Uh, I feel like even though it's not legalized here yet, and I do agree with you that it will be, it's not an when, it's an, or excuse me, it's not an if, it's a when, um, that, that it, golf, for example, the increase in golf interest is tied to daily fantasy sports. Uh, the increase in popularity of the NFL over the last two decades is tied to gambling and fantasy sports and recently daily fantasy sports and certainly the widespread availability of, uh, of, of gambling. So uh, along those lines, um, that is, uh, that's how I see it. Uh, Action Jackson, what about you? Yeah, uh, I think that if we're talking about another sport that will become more popular with gambling, UFC, for yeah. sure. People love betting on that. It's a ton of fun to watch, and if you got money on it, it's even more exciting. Um, yeah, I definitely think the broadcast, I think, will be more eventual because you'll definitely have some old-school broadcasters who won't want to bring it up, and then you'll have new-school broadcasters who will talk about it extensively. So you'll see a somewhat, I think, a longer transition in that sense, but... I definitely think you'll see sports like football, golf, uh, basketball, maybe not so much as, but still growing as more gambling becomes more popular and it becomes as easy. You know, you can do it on your phone. Right. It's so easy. It's so easy. And then live, live betting. Bet, live betting to me is the thing where yeah. you really feel like you have an edge. I mean, I feel like that's much more of an edge than. Yeah. Than placing it beforehand. Yeah, I mean, losing it, it's and, so important. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. how they're able to like, I mean, I mean, like for example, I mean, I know it's a very obscure game. We're talking about the dolphins and bills of Miami yesterday, but the moment Tua is out and how the line adjusts, I'm like, Oh God, I got to yeah. bet the bills now. Yeah. And the drop down from him to Jacoby Brissett, which if you were watching, it was very clear. Mm-hmm. At that point, Buffalo is going to win that game and win it huge, and that's where. But the but the line adjusts for it immediately too. It line, yeah. it's, it's not like they're they're huge edges, and at the edges uh, are really if you can sense it, maybe watching um, line play. Um, but again, Las Vegas oftentimes adjusts for that as well. Uh, so with that with that said, I think it's going to be, and I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing from uh, a media standpoint. Um, because it brings in a bunch more money. Um, that's how I look at it. That I'm looking at it more from a selfish standpoint, but being honest with you, um, from the game standpoint, it brings more eyes to the table. It's just, I think, I, I wonder how many people are watching a game where they don't pull for the team one way or the other, and they have no gambling interest when I'm talking about an NFL game. Can you even imagine what that number looks like? You know, like just watching the Ravens and Chiefs last night, 
perhaps one of the best games of the year, yeah. you know? Yeah. And having no action on it, having couldn't care any less one way on who wins it, but just watching it. Um, I know it exists, especially with those two teams. Yeah, that, 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 those two teams for sure. But then you take it to the one I used, for example, Bills, Bills Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, that'd you be imagine it. that. No. It's just, listen, I know it exists, but the sliver of the viewing audience, yeah, has to just be less than five percent. It's just so commonly accepted, and I love because to me, I think this is what's going to happen with some other things that 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 a decade ago, not even a decade ago, I don't know when it started. But it's been within a decade that sports gambling went from taboo that they couldn't even have the NBA All-Star game in Las Vegas, much less a franchise in Las Vegas. Yeah. So just now it's just like, oh, we can do this? Well, shit, we're going to go. Now, not only are we going to do it, we're just going to go all out. And then people are realizing the revenue. I think people handle this with conversation, like, like profanity, which uh, I guess ESPN's. Have you watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens yet? No, I've heard amazing yeah, things Yeah, I've about seen the it. first two episodes. Uh, and I was listening to Jimmy Kimmel on Stern, and he was talking about it. Uh, out the great Alvin Mack uh, DM'd me to recommend uh, that interview to me. So I was listening to that, and then I started watching. I've watched the first two episodes. But on ESPN, they just let let him talk about fucking and cocaine and included the profanity. And while I know, I'm sure for some people, like Doug and I always disagree on this, I just don't get why we like empower words to be taken out and people can be penalized for saying a word that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. The word fuck is empowered as like, Oh my God, he said fuck on the air. Well, everybody said, not everybody, three out of four people say it, you yeah. know, yeah. but then when we're on the radio or on television, we can't say it. Yeah. It's and I'm not saying it's going to, it's, it's probably, I don't know. Maybe it will change my lifetime. Cause if you would ask me 10 years ago, if sports gambling would be like this. I would have told you absolutely not. Um, but I like that how people view fluidity in relationships, sexuality, that a decade ago, mm-hmm. I think would have been yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even three years ago, I think actually, I mean, uh, and it's just, it's at this point, it's, it's commonplace. And I think a lot of people are kind of taking the approach that I just said with regard to wealth shaming, kind of like, okay, you know, I don't even know. I feel like there's something recently where somebody was, you know, like the people just come out now and it's like, oh, okay, who gives a shit? Yeah. Which I think is what people were saying they kind of hoped for. Yeah. Michael Sam would be an example. Yeah. Like, I long for the day where nobody gives a shit, not yeah. because they're angry, but because it's like, okay. Yeah. And I think those who may have been homophobic used to misguidedly think that, oh, well, these gay people are just going to be predators and, you know, yeah. I'm not safe because they're going to try to sleep with me. <laughs> uh, you know, and now I realize, okay, I mean, it impacts me in absolutely no way. Yeah. Somebody saying fuck impacts me in no way. Like, I got to, like, handle my son hearing how I talk, then taking my language, and then he'll say it. And then personally, I'm like, God, now I'm sitting here and I'm having to correct him on something I absolutely do not believe in. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, when you go to school... And if you say the word fuck, all hell's going to break loose. I think it's dumb, but I also just have to, you know, I have yeah. to, I have to know the, the landscape kind of like I can't say fuck on the radio, but it doesn't mean anything. Nobody's doing anything wrong. You can say things that actually would be legal by FCC standards that actually are damaging to people Absolutely. as far as slandering them or as far as um, castigating an entire group of people. Uh, prejudging, discriminating, take your pick of whatever the case might be uh, with an attack. Yeah. But you can't say the word fuck. 
And it just strikes me as really odd and full of dogma and bowing down to essentially a group of people who, for the most part, will be gone relatively soon, being honest about it. But it doesn't matter. And it's like if somebody doesn't want to gamble on sports, then they don't gamble on sports. Yeah, exactly. If somebody doesn't want to play online poker, then they don't play online poker. But all this, we're going to fix it based on the Bible stuff, or we're not going to allow it based on the Bible stuff. I think people are starting to go, okay, yeah, yeah, enough, mm -hmm. you know, and okay, so they're going to scream about it. Great. They're welcome to scream about it. They have every right to scream about it, but we're not going to bow down to that crap anymore. Yeah. Uh, so yes, anyway, I'm all for the sports gambling thing. Tim Jackson, love the show, love the podcast. Tim, last week on TMA, you read an email from a, <clears throat> you read an email from a guy who was explaining why he was so into the Cardinals making a run late in the season and how he could sense everyone changing their minds on the team over the last week. He then said something about how he loves you, Doug, Iggy and Jackson, and also Rockio, and then said he hoped the cat and plowboy would be back on the show soon. You responded to his email about TMA by saying if some members of the audience had had it their way, there would be 10 people on TMA and a payroll that would put the show or the station out of business. It's likely that most people who express their likes slash dislikes for members of the show don't think about cost or operating budgets, kind of like someone calling in trade ideas to KMOX back in the 1990s. You guys know your options. You have said on the podcast you won't say anything about what is going to, going on just try to keep the process, quote unquote, in the room, as you say. And if someone doesn't understand that, then they probably haven't been in the position before. But can you answer this question? What do you guys think the audience wants most? And what do you think will make the audience most happy? And Jackson, I, for one, think you have had sex. That is from Michael. Um, Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. The email I thought was a cardinal email, and then it uh, then it pivoted. But um, so it's about uh, TMA, and okay, can you answer this question? What do you guys think the audience wants the most, and what do you think will make the audience most happy? Jackson, I'll yield the floor to you. Uh, I think what makes will make the audience. See if we're on the same page on question two. I think what makes the audience most happy. Okay, you're going question two first. No, I'll take the first one second. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, I think doing the show will make the audience the most happy, no matter what. Just doing, like continuing to do the show. That's what makes people happy. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to myself as a fan. All I would care about is that the show, the show goes on. That's all I would care about. And I think for the majority of listeners, that's what they care about. And uh, can you repeat the first question one more what time? What do you guys think the audience wants most? So I guess maybe you were answering the first one second. Okay. Or second one first. Nurse? First one, second. And the next, the other question was... What do you think will make the audience most happy? And of, I think this is in reference to... I feel like I've said this like on the this, lineup? but maybe I haven't. Yeah, the lineup, I think. Okay. Because the I remember the emailer, because he's a guy who knows one of my uh, uncles. And he said, he loves me, Doug, Iggy, and you. Mm -hmm. But then also Rockio. And then he said he hopes that the cat and Plowboy are back. Yeah. Which... Is and again, I don't think people are saying this from a malicious place. It's just like, okay, well, where does everybody get? Like, I love all these people. I hope they're on the show. It's like, yeah. okay, well, then that means if that's the case, there are only so many spots. Yeah. And on the high side, I can lay this out. Maybe I'll provide some information here. On the absolute high side, the highest side, six people. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were to 
go to um, a place where we are employees, simply employees. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we want. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can certainly determine where we want to go based on what we know the plan would be. Yeah. But where we would be employees, they might go, you guys, here's, here's what we're willing to do. We'll, we'll take care of Jackson here. We'll take care of Iggy here. We'll take care of Doug here. We'll take care of you here. And that's essentially been the show since the cat and Plowboy were, you know, quote unquote furloughed uh, in June of 2020, uh, minus the cat coming back for a few weeks. Uh, so that's, that's what we want. And that's what we're going to go with. And if that's good enough, then come on board. If it's not, then, then too bad. Um, so you have to, so people have to understand, like, it's not like we're not calling the shots if it's not something that we don't own and operate and we don't own and operate anything right now. Um, so I, I guess it's almost like playing fantasy radio. What, what do you guys think the audience wants most? And what do you think will make the audience most happy? There is a portion of the audience that no matter what will not be happy. Oh, there is. Okay. So we're on putting the same page on that. Absolutely. There's nothing, no matter what. So I want to make sure I call attention to that in advance of whenever the time comes that we announce yeah. what we're going to do that inevitably, not like I'm aware of it. I'm, I, of course I'm aware of it because I'm on the receiving end of it, but, but that is just, so when you, when you read it, yeah, know that we knew that well in advance that that is going to be the case. Uh-huh. I, so it's just a matter of how vocal I, I, I think, I think the only thing let me put it this way. The thing that would be met, met with the highest approval rating would be one of two things, which is either I buy a radio station and the cat, Plowboy, you, Doug, myself, and Iggy. Mm-hmm. Am I right that I just named him? I intended yeah. to name six people there. That's six. Yeah. But I know that sometimes things get read as like interpretations of what I'm trying to say when in reality I just fuck up. <laughs> um are doing TMA. That's what, that's what I, th- that or a podcast. Mm-hmm. That is what I think would be met with the most approval. That is what I think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the six, because for so long it was six. So I think people, I think, yeah, I'm sure that would be. It really, I mean, it was only started in September, 2016, yeah. but, but I mean, a lot of people have just getting into the show and so that's what they're used to. And I get it. Yeah, for sure. Which is what I said to you before we started the podcast. And it really does hurt to talk. Um, which I said that there's the show. That's your first time ever producing this show, even mm-hmm. though you've been part of it since December of 2020, where you got the show, Yeah, where you got me and Doug, and then you got a third co-host and then you had Iggy, you yeah. and Matt Rocchio is the board operator. Yep. That that's 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 the dynamic. That's mm-hmm. the dynamic that I think built it to what it's been built to. Yeah. Which we just haven't had it since June twenty twenty when the cat and plowboy were again furloughed. Yeah. Um but Yeah. So I think six the sixth <laughs> the number I think would be what people would probably like the most. And yeah, I think that Yeah, I I just, I really, I think, and and it's such a cop-out answer, but I just, I think just doing the show is what people really, really want. They just want to continue because it's like part of people's day, you know, it's part of people's day to wake up, shower, drive to work, listen live, and then sit down at work, throw their AirPods in and listen to a couple more hours, or if they like an interview, or if they like emails or whatever they like, 
and just pop that on, listen to it, maybe when they work out. And it's just part of people's day. So if we continue to do that, I think majority... Yes, I agree with that. ...would be happy. And then there's... A the vocal minority... That will is mad that, no we're, that we exist. Yes. So at that point, it can't please them. But I think the majority would just be happy. But I think most happy would be six, yeah. Let me let me throw this out. We, we attempted a psychoanalysis early in the year. Do you recall what my attempt at a psychoanalysis was early in the year? Ooh, we had, the I think, the Angry Sports fan was one of That's them. That's a good one. Angry that was a good Sport one. fan was one of them. And why people hate you? Yes. Yeah, those are the two. Never really got a great answer on either one. So uh-huh. I kind of, based on track record, don't necessarily expect to get an answer on this, but here we are. Here's an opportunity. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Or you can email Jackson if sure. like, communicating with Jay, you don't want to communicate <laughs> with me, but you still want to participate. Um, why, why is it that we have this portion of the audience that clearly is, you know, Doug would joke, that, that why would I read the text inbox? It's nothing but people attacking us. And that's how he feels about the fan page as well. Yeah. But, you know, and whoever it was, I think I know who it was, but um, I don't want to name the person. So, yeah, you guys really do kind of have the barstool thing, except whereas they're like incredibly loyal, yours are passionate, but not, but, but like seem like passionately dislike. Mm. Yeah. And I said, yeah, and I do, but I feel like that's a relatively recent phenomenon because I think of the Dan Marshall thing, and albeit that was eight years ago, and you were, what, in high school then, 2013? Yeah, freshman high school. Perfect. That, like, the one of the reasons why it was so easy to get through it was everybody was on one side. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, okay, the audience is, you know, with us. We know where we are. This is, you know, well, we know what's going to wind up happening. Before it even happened, we knew it was going to happen. And, you know, everything's cool. Yeah. So I don't know what has caused that. If you if you have a theory, just like uh, Mike's uh, success shaming email uh, theory, uh, feel free to uh, participate with an email, tmckernan at InsideSTL.com. Because I don't know what caused that, um, but it is new. It's exhausting, I can tell you, from my perspective. Um, even for somebody like Doug who I envy in such a huge way on how he doesn't give a shit about nearly anything and everything. I admire the hell out of it. I know I've said it before, but um, he's just like, yeah, who cares? Just shut the thing down. I'm like, yeah, you don't understand. I shut the thing down. The fan page we're talking about, then it turns into a a whole nother thing. Cause I've done, I've already been there with the inside STL message board and what that turned into. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's no matter what, and as you know, cause you're in on it with, with Doug and myself and Iggy yeah. on what we're going to do and how we're evaluating all of this, these different situations that no matter what, all of which would be a, uh, positive, of course. I mean, why would we choose something that wouldn't be that no matter what it will be shit on mm-hmm. by a portion of people even if we are all happy about it and it is better for all of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's uh-huh. And the show continues. See, that's why when you say, well, I think people just want the show to go on. I'm like, yeah, I guess probably for the average person. Yes. But the person who's going to take us or me to task on social media 
possibly email me, although that is really rare these days because you can use it. You can use your burner, Twitter, um, Facebook account, uh, that they won't like it. Like I said, unless, see, I don't even know if the podcast thing, um, because they'll want a radio option. It's like, oh, that's great, but there's no radio option. When in reality, the vast majority of our audience is accessing the content digitally anyway. But nonetheless, um, unless it's me and you, Doug and Iggy, the cat, and Plowhawk, that it will be a... Yeah, it'll be a shitstorm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that, again, you're right. It is, it is a, it's, a, it's a portion, uh-huh. certainly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, once again, we get to the misconception that you do everything. And then if something new is something happens as different and those two aren't added, then it'll be like, well, Tim didn't bring them back this, that, and the third. When, like you said earlier, if we are employees, like we are now, like we are now, then we don't have control over those personnel, uh, situations. So once again, well, I'm it, sure I theoretically could get it done. Yeah. If I said, Hey Jackson, you got to give back <laughs> yeah. X, Iggy, you got to give back Y, yeah. Doug, you got to give back Z and I've got to give back Z one, you know, uh-huh. and then now, okay, well that's fine. Now the budget remains the same. You guys can have your, you know, yeah. I would imagine that could be the direction. I mean, the, 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 the absolute truth to the point that now, now that, you know, did you see the thing pop up with, uh, the threat about Anna Marie being pregnant? Did you happen to No. <laughs> We're Luckily. doing a great job as moderator. Luckily. Well, it wasn't a big deal. It just was like treated like, oh my God, there's huge news, you know, but Tim might've messed up and he slipped up on Gabe's podcast talking about it. And I'm just like, no, I mean, she's pregnant. You've known for more than three months. Mm-hmm. So is Doug. So is it, but you know, I, but my wife carrying the baby, her comfort levels, whenever I would talk about it, but I didn't feel like I needed to make some big, you know, Beyonce at the Grammys announcement. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're having a second child. So for, for me, and I told the parties involved back in May, as far as the parties who are interested in us, uh, I said, listen, I want to be done with this because my wife is pregnant Mm -hmm. and I don't want any added stress. So I want to be done with this. Again, it's not like it's a, it's a, it's, it's the proverbial good situation, but it still is stressful and it does require some, you know, I don't know what the right word for it is. Just no, I don't even know what the right word is. It's just as stressful. Yeah. Um, and I just want to be done with it. So I really want to be done with the whole process ASAP. Um, but it's mainly because my wife is carrying our, our second child. And I just want to be able to enjoy that as much as possible and be done with something that has been going on for almost every day of 2021. And that's the reality. Um, barring a huge surprise, if all you want is the show to continue, barring it with, with the show as it is, and by the show as it is, and this is not a shot at Chris Raby, this is not a shot at Matt Rocchio, it's not a shot at Jay Randolph Jr. I don't know who else. I, you know, Jay has been filling in on the show forever and yeah. is awesome on it. Yep. Um, and Matt, who I've talked to, you know, both off the air and on the air, knows the situation. I mean, he was put into a weird spot with taking over for the Pollock and has done a, a great job. It's nothing personal at all. But, you know, the, the, the four people who have been the core of it for the last year would be Jackson, Iggy, Doug, and myself, who have been talking about this situation, um, that at the very least, 
barring a huge surprise, that will continue on. But, and I can say that with the barring a huge surprise. I don't know what, I, I don't know if it just, if I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I just, I just really don't want to live here during the winter and I got to go to Florida and that's just where I am in my life now. I don't think that's where I am because now uh, one of the main reasons why I knew I wasn't going to be in Florida this winter was because I knew my wife was due on February 1st and we're not just going to be bouncing around. Yeah. But that wasn't something that I uh, could say because my wife didn't want to talk about it um, publicly. And so therefore I respect that. So um, with that said, the show will, you know, continue. I just, the truth is, I swear to you, I have no idea where I have no idea where. But if that is, if that, you know, if this, this question is asking what, and if the answer to the question is, what do we think the audience wants most? And Jackson, you say that's what the show to go on. Well, then great. Cause barring a huge surprise, that's going to continue. Yeah. But if it's more, I have no idea because we don't control it all. Exactly. You know? And, um, I mean, that's just, that's just the reality. And, um, you know, I was talking with, I was texting with, uh, the cat I don't know, about a month ago, maybe right around a month ago, probably almost to the day actually about, you know, everything going on. And I said, and also another thing, you know, and he was talking about, he goes, I get how, you know, you don't, at this point in your life, you're not looking to do what you did in 2013 with 920, um, you know, which is basically operate a radio station again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I always said, once you had a kid, the whole, the whole dynamic will change because you just, you're not going to want to do what you, you and your, because it was me and Anna Marie. Um, and now, and I said to my dad, how about this? Now she's, you know, pregnant with our second child. So, um, you know, the appetite for that. So when Jay was asking me questions on the radio a few weeks ago and he said, you know, what, you know, what is your interest in starting up this or starting? I'm like, I can't say the whole reason for it, but I mean, that plays a role in it when you have another uh, child. Mm -hmm. And it's also just what makes me happiest as yeah. far as, you know, and you will likely experience this at some point, Jackson, but if you mm -hmm. don't, God bless, uh, to each their own. But, uh, you know, and especially also at this point in my life, we were talking about this over the weekend, just how, um, it's a good thing that I had my thirties to be a total creep degenerate because it's just, it's out of my system. Yeah. You know, so I'm like a happy parent. I'm not a parent going, God, I can't wait for like my night with the boys or round of golf to get fucked up beyond belief, you know, and go to the strip bars or whatever, or flirt mm -hmm. with a waitress or beverage card girl or whatever, because I, I, you know, I, if it's got it out of my system, I got it out of my system. I was able to, uh, to do that shit. But if I would have, for me, knowing how immature I was, if it would have, if I would have had uh, my first child when I was 25 or 26 or 27, I wouldn't have been ready, you know, because I was in arrested development. So along those lines, it's like my goal at this point is to be the best father and husband I can be. And having done what we did with 920 and for a handful of months at 590, um, I have... I just don't have the, I, I, I have zero appetite to do that again. Zero. I don't think I would be a good husband and father if I did it again. And I also don't think I'd be the, the right person to do it because I know that my attention would be split in order to do it right. You really have to be all in. So I don't know. I don't know on, on, you know, the exact thing that the audience wants. I think I know, but even no, no matter what there will be, oh, well, I mean, I loved Rocchio. 
So that sucks that Darren's back. Or, oh, the cat's back. Now it's going to be right to hold the radio. I really liked rabies. You see what I'm saying? Or, yeah, you, know, you can't win. That's what I'm saying. So, but, but again, that's, you know, like you said, if the overall majority is the, like, oh, good, the show's going on, you know, because the show has had different casts. Yeah, certainly. Got to be weird, actually. I wonder how many there have been when you include producers and board ops. So anytime a producer changes, then... We would count it. Okay. Even board op. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be able to do all the board operator no, that changes. Would... I don't know, you know, because I always thought that Stedman was the first board operator. but was a guy named Nickel. Mm. And then it was producer Joe was the producer with Stedman, Martin, the cat, and myself. And then Martin left after October 2006. And, I mean, then you got to count Bob Fesco. Yeah. And the group... Then in 2007, and then me, Doug, producer Joe, I think Iggy was first part of it in 2007, I think at 1380, and the board operator wasn't originally David Klein, but eventually became David Klein, David Klein of Hedonism. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, would, I wonder what we would have. Bucks, Bucks Pope might have it at his yeah, disposal. He, he might he be able to pull it up immediately. Somehow he's listening live to this. Uh, Tim. Oh, let's see. Before I go into that, let me talk about uh, Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Design air, heating and cooling. If you have any he- heating and cooling issues, make sure that you make sure that you get it taken care of with Seth Goldcamp and his staff at Design Air Heating and Cooling. They are online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp at Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Munganass is the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. In the market for a 2021 vehicle, make sure that you go to stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com and work with Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson. It's Munganess, stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. And if you are in the market for a 2021 car, let them know you are a listener to the podcast and you get $1,000 off right there, $1,000 off from Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Munganess, stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And finally, Jim Rogers of Restoration One, of CentralStLouis.com, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. Any water damage in your home, make sure you call 314-565-1962 to have your home professionally assessed and dried by the water damage experts at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Restoration One would like to remind you that if stormwater enters your home or a washing machine overflows, your sewer drain backs up, chances are your efforts won't be enough to completely dry your home. You know what happens when you don't get a completely dry mold. Call Jim Rogers, Restoration One, 314-565-1962 to have your home professionally assessed and tried by the water damage experts at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Uh, this podcast, I, I might, it legitimately hurts to talk. That so sucks. just to keep going. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, Tim, I'm convinced. Uh, my point was going to be that this might be a briefer uh-huh. UFTA than normal. You got to be thrilled about that, Jackson. You want me to have a sore throat every week. <laughs> Tim, I'm convinced either the cable news channels or the political parties themselves are working together to pick sides as new issues uh, come up. The most obvious recent example being COVID and vaccinations. My question is, do you agree? And if you do, how bad does it have to get before someone steps in and says enough in regards to the faux outrage leading to an event like the Capitol storming? Regards, Matt and Eureka. I got to reread that. I'm convinced that either the cable, I'm convinced either the cable news channels or the political parties themselves are working together to pick sides as new issues come up. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that part. I I I, I, I was thinking like the cable. Did he mean the cable news channels are consciously picking sides? Well, yeah, that's that. 
Yeah. But uh, but I but he's saying that they are working together to oh, pick sides. Doubt it. Uh, I do not think that that is the case. I I don't. Um, and then how bad does it have to get? It's profitable. So what we consider to be a failure, um, their uh, investors consider to be a success. It's profitable. The divide is profitable, which is why I said on the podcast within the last few weeks that I just don't see it changing. I do not see it changing. I do not. It's not that I don't pay attention, but I know what my rounds of viewing slash reading were a year ago. And I know my rounds of viewing slash reading are now. And essentially, it's, I'm just totally detached. I say it from a place of not being proud either. I, I want to make that clear. It is not like I'm like, look at me, I'm ignorant. But it's too disenfranchising to attempt to um, to follow. So, um, and for me, January 6th was the end, not because it occurred, but because what has occurred since, that blew me away. That And I, hey, I was wrong. I'll own it. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I will own it, but... You know, I'm sometimes I'm happy to be wrong on this one. I'm stunned to be wrong and just beyond sad. Um, cause I just don't, I'm like that. I don't even know what could happen that could change it. Um, I know that this email here, uh, actually 10 said, Tim, in response to your most recent QFTA, where you discussed the division of our nation since the years following September 11th, I wanted to propose an alternative theory on how our nation may be able to come together. Our division was not one event, but rather death by a thousand paper cuts. Media realized increasingly divisive coverage was more profitable. All right, I'm on board with this guy right out of the gate. Uh, Politicians realized extremism and team ideology drove engagement and votes. Agree with that. Foreign enemies have constantly tried to divide us through social media bots and many other avenues. These things just barely touched the tip of the iceberg. So if a million paper cuts changed the tone of our nation... I don't believe one massive event will fix things. What will? I believe it will take our next president making this his overt priority. While this may sound like a poorly written advertisement for Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis? I don't understand. Am I missing something on this? I don't follow Ron DeSantis or his policy too much, so I can't be the authority on it, but I don't know what Ron DeSantis... Do you recall Ron DeSantis's president, or not presidential, although I guess that's probably a couple years away, Governor, uh, with yes, his gubernatorial television campaign ad. Have you ever seen that? No, I was probably living in Florida when he was running. Because uh, Santorum maybe, maybe was governor changed. when I was there, I believe. Who was? Was it Rick Santorum? Was he not the no, governor? No, he's, he's right. Pennsylvania. Yeah, who am I thinking of then? I can't remember. Darnell Coles? Yeah, it was Coles and <laughs> Stubby Clap. <laughs> Stubby Clap. Yeah. Well, this may sound like a poorly written advertisement for Ron DeSantis. Like I was with, like I, I, I couldn't have been like hit with a uppercut out of nowhere. <laughs> more good, so I'm like, yeah, this guy's on. I'm like, Ron DeSantis. Uh, I see him or the next Republican candidate for president as our next hope for this. I mean, Ron DeSantis would would fall under the category of one of the the poli- Listen, policy wise, you may be on board. Like Republicans do love Ron DeSantis. Yeah, but as far as like dialogue, you know, making one his overt priority to change the tone, Ron DeSantis, you know, would not be the guy. Yeah. Unless something has happened with Ron DeSantis in the last few months since I lived there that I wasn't aware of. I mean, Ron DeSantis is essentially, 
you know, like diet Trump campaign rallies uh-huh. when he speaks. Yeah, like, a, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, and for real, you do need to do it while I'm Adderalling it up over here. You ought to pull up his campaign, Ron DeSantis campaign. Uh, I, I mean, it, listen, it, so I don't know, but I want to keep going with the email. I don't want to, yeah, I don't yeah. want to blow it out of the water. <laughs> I, I, I was on board with the first 90%. I'm just like the Ron DeSantis thing caught me out of absolutely nowhere. You know, it's like he could, you know, could have gone. Yeah, I think Josh Hawley would be the guy that could bring us. To, <laughs> uh, I see him or the next Republican candidate for president as our next hope for this. Whoever the person is, they have to be inspirational, able to clearly articulate unity and acceptance of differences in beliefs as their highest priority. Unfortunately, I don't think Joe Biden inspires many people. I would agree with that. And Kamala doesn't appear to push unity frequently. Even if those two are capable of pushing this message, it's probably too late. Okay. I don't know. I don't know on that. Um, I mean, they're, they're seven or eight months into their administration. Similarly, senators and other politicians will only follow the cues of the president and cannot individually drive cultural change. I have a firm belief that despite negativity and division, quote, working positivity, true acceptance of others and belief in our founding principles is a message that is greater than the former. We simply need a person at the helm whose priority is that alone and will not talk out of both ends of their mouth. I believe that's possible and it may be our only chance to turn this thing around free dotum. Uh, no name included, although I see the name at the top and I am familiar with this gentleman. So I know this comes from him. Um, yeah, I, I think actually I agree with like 90 plus percent of what was written. Um, the only thing I disagree with is Ron DeSantis is the person, but yeah. the overall, but like I said, 10 minutes ago, I've become so disengaged. Maybe Ron DeSantis is, you know, run an end around on what he was doing. I'd be surprised by that. He is certainly not. Okay. So I don't know what the. He's campaigning you, in Texas. He was, he was the governor when I was in Florida. So it shows how tapped in I was. Um, but Democrats say DeSantis stumble gives hope, but campaign needs work. Fundraising committee for Florida governor, Ron DeSantis post 5.5 million haul for August. That's what I got in the recent Ron DeSantis news. I don't think well, that wouldn't that wouldn't relate to this is. I mean, yeah. like I said, if you see the YouTube video for his, I mean, I when I saw the commercial, I thought it was I thought it was a Democrat running as a parody, oh. kind of like the Greitens, yeah, oh, you know, boy. assault rifle thing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this can't be real. Yeah. Like it looked like a last week tonight thing. I'm like, oh, that really is real. And now I'm like, oh shit, this guy's gonna win. And that's when people didn't think he was gonna win the. Republican primary, much less. I'm like, this guy's going to be the next governor of Missouri. Uh, hell, he could wind up being a Blunt's uh, replacement. So, yeah. I agree with everything that, uh, I almost gave the name uh, that you said, uh, sir. Um, I, the names, I just don't necessarily, but I agree that Joe Biden doesn't inspire people. You know, I mean, whether you like them or not, I think I would think that everybody would agree. All right. Our presidents in the 21st century rank by how they inspired people. Not you, Jackson. You have George W. Bush. You have Barack Obama. You have Donald Trump. And you have Joe Biden. From top to bottom. Rank them. Rank them on how they inspired inspired people. people. Not you. One, I'll go Obama. Two, I'll go Trump. Three, I'll go George W. Bush. Four, I'll go Biden. I would agree. Yeah. 
And and by the way, you could I think you could flip flop one and two. I was going back and forth on one. You two. could flip flop one and two, and I think you could flip flop three and four. It doesn't matter. But there's yeah. no question of who's in the top two. Yeah. And there's no question who's in the bottom uh, three and four. So, um, yeah, I mean, inspiring can. I just don't know. It's like no matter what, even if somebody goes into it with good intentions, I don't think they necessarily change per se. I think the media forms narratives around them or, you know, like turns them into something that they may not be, but then becomes a distraction. And it's like this person is this or that person is that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I just don't know if it can really happen. I don't know. I don't know. and, and, And again, I'm not trying to pick on the DeSantis thing. It's just like, he didn't it, yeah. you know, yeah. and I would agree that Kamala Harris isn't either. I'm just saying when you say it's too late, I'm like, well, they've been, you know, they were inaugurated like, you know, on January 20th ish. Yeah. So it's not like it's like we're halfway through the first term. Um, so with that all said, neither here nor there. I agree with the overall premise. I think whoever would want to do that would be fighting such a huge machine that it that the person would be unelectable. Yeah, it's too. I don't think it's a one person job. Like it can't be one person saying I'm going to make this my main priority. Or nor do I think it's a one term, uh, yeah. operation. I just I, that's why I think something has to. I mean, and and listen, you don't want to ask for September 11th, so I'm not. I want to make that clear. But I used to say on this podcast, I think it might go back to. I mean, certainly Pete, but maybe even before, that I'm like. You know, you know, people would, I don't know if they were joking about civil war, but I mean, I, I, I really do feel like as asinine as it is and then not like, okay, the South is going to fight the North and the North yeah, is going to yeah, fight yeah. the South. Not like that. But I feel like we're closer to something along those lines. Again, not with military action and secession, but a metaphorical civil war than we are to where the country was on September 12th, 2001. Yeah. I, I felt, and I don't even like sweat that call and uh-huh. I don't enjoy saying it again. It's like, it's like when I say, well, I don't think the Cardinals are gonna make the playoffs. I want them to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you to, to tell you otherwise. I, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you, I, I want, you know, the U S to get back to what it was uh, as far as uh, people getting along, but I don't think we're remotely close. Hope I'm wrong, Yeah, but gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I felt that more from November 2020 to January 2021. That's when I felt like things could boil over and go like very poorly. Um, but I I feel the residual heat, for lack of a better term, from that. Still today, I just feel like we've moved on from some stuff that, you know, we kind of, some have buried some things, some have not. So you'll have that. But it's uh, it's uh, definitely an, an odd time. For America, and I don't think that's one person or one four-year term that can change anything. I think we are essentially in between uh, part one and part two. We are, mm. we are in the uh, the run-up, so to speak, or they're working on the next production for part two. Yeah, and however part two goes, I just think it is going to, you know, I just, you know, God. Kevin Demoff, when we used to talk, he used to say, it's going to get worse before it gets better. He was truthful about that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if taken literally. Uh, yeah. Now, you could also take it if you wanted to, like, it's going to get better, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But it got worse. And then it, it disappeared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so it depends on how you almost, what em- emphasis you put on the words in there. Yeah. But in this, I'm just like, I'm saying it in the sense of, I hope it gets better, but I don't think we've hit rock bottom. 
And I mistakenly thought January 6th was rock bottom and we could all agree on that. And somehow that has now litigated again in some corners, but nonetheless, it, it's just, you know, you just go, okay, that, that, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the grandpa Simpson gif walking yeah. in to oh, get yeah. my hat getting it and then i'm walking back i'm just like okay yeah. i you know it i just, feels, just know i want to spend my time anymore it feel, can't win yeah 100 percent. i hear you on that it feels like we're getting closer to rock bottom every day but rock bottom keeps getting deeper you know like oh man we're about to hit it but then rock bottom finds a new low and so we're kind of in this state where it's just going to keep snowballing essentially i don't know if we'll ever hit rock bottom i, I hope i hope i don't like yeah obviously like you said you don't want to hope for any tragedies or anything like that but it's like Sometimes, you know, major events are turning points in some ways. You are welcome to give your thoughts on it. I like what you're saying there, uh, Action Jackson. Mm -hmm. uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Uh, that is how you can participate in the discussion. Your thoughts. Uh, we've given homework assignments, attempts for psychoanalysis. Uh, I like uh, the gentleman's overall theory. The names just, to me, don't don't make necessarily sense. Although I agree with, yeah, I don't think Joe Biden inspires many people. I, I think George W. Bush, who was not inspirational, but had a moment yeah. in history when, you know, it's, you know, the, the one that's most famous is his address at ground zero, but mm. also, you know, throwing out the first pitch at Yankee stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, there were moments. I don't, I think, I think anybody at that moment would have been interesting I don't know. It's like awful to even say, but what would it have been like if Donald Trump were the president when that happened? You know? Yeah. Would it have been as, I mean, I realize there had to be things that took place in order to get to 2016 that hadn't happened yet yeah. in 2001. I heard you saying that. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. There was no Twitter. Yeah. There yeah. was no Facebook. Yeah. Um, there was no black president before, yeah. I believe, played a role in all of this. Um. So, uh, and by that, I mean people not liking the idea of a black president. And so this is the backlash by no means saying everybody who voted for him, I'm saying a portion. Um, so, you know, what the, the reaction would have been like, because again, George W. Bush was polarizing, not necessarily because of him per se, but because there were many people who thought he didn't really win the election mm -hmm. and that his brother and Catherine Harris got together in Florida and took care of it for him. And Al Gore had an immovable object and had to concede. And then, and then the, the right winner of the office wasn't in there. Well, nine, 10 months later, nobody gave a shit, not yeah. nobody gave a shit, but they cared a lot less or yeah. nobody gave a shit. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, again, you don't want that to be the reason. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, 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 I what, what, what the gentleman wrote, I hope is correct. I truly do. Mm -hmm. But you know, like, um, I've heard, Older people say, you know, I really worry about like, not necessarily your generation, but like your kid's generation, you know, and what it's going to be like. And I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, that parents or grandparents in the 1960s, the late 60s, were saying the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, so as dark as it may seem right now... I don't, I don't believe that it will therefore remain dark. I think what I believe is it is going to get darker. Yeah. But then there will be dawn. Yeah. But the unfortunate part is that it actually will be darker when I thought that I didn't even think January 6th was possible. Yeah. Much less it happened. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh shit, something worse is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But 
you know, unfortunately, um, on this podcast, I guess on January 5th. Yep. 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 I, I, I don't want to say I called it, but I conveyed concern about January 6th yeah. and violence. But even when I was saying that, I never, ever, ever pictured that ever. I still can't believe it happened actually. It's so crazy. You know, it's still, it's, yeah. it's like, it's not almost nine months removed and it still seems surreal, but I remember watching it that night and it was surreal. Uh, you couldn't take your eyes off because it was like, hey, this is like uh, some sort of bad dream or it's like, it's like an Eastern European nation experiencing its fifth revolution in the last seven years. That's, yeah. that's what it is. So yeah, it was gut churning, but then, but then you say that I'm sure there's actually a portion of people listening to this even, you know, fuck, fuck saying fuck you to me for talking about it in the way that I'm talking about it. So yeah, that's why, like I said, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not proud of that, mm-hmm. but it's just a, for me caring about my wife and, and soon to be kids, um, that that is where, where I am, you mm-hmm. know, and, and spending time on it. Yeah, it's it just, it's, like it's a yeah, waste pointless. of time. Yes, yeah. exactly right. All like right, time to shut it down. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to Action Jackson. Thank you to all of our sponsors for making it possible. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.